All right, welcome into a brand new episode of this little thing we call the WJR Sportsbook. Uh, yeah, the episode is brand new, but the lead story is certainly not. How you doing, everybody? Steve Courtney, along with WDIV's Jamie Edmonds. How are you? Happy October. Yes, it is <laughs> October. Still a little bit too humid for the kid uh, this time of year. Uh, this is being run by the one, the only Dave Rieger. And the producer is a young fella by the name of Nick Roddy. Nicholas, what's happening? Hey, Steve. You all right? Yeah. That's Heard you like stay dry on Saturday. I did, as a matter of fact. Uh, I was dressed for the elements uh, on the sidelines, patrolling it up and down like a cheetah, uh, <laughs> but uh, didn't run into any rain. Uh, the result there, though, in East Lansing, absolutely fantastic. First ever meeting with the Hilltoppers. Homecoming 2021 went very well. Uh, Mr. Mel has got this team 5-0 and oh as they get back to Big Ten play. Noon. What do you think of that? You love it. Not a night game again. How about that? The good old days. A noon kick in Jersey with Rutgers. Uh, Michigan, of course, uh, victorious. Uh, big moment for Jim Harbaugh as he gets his first outright win as an underdog. Yep. It took a minute. A couple years here. Seven. But he did it. Yeah. Congratulate. You know, everybody now, as you look forward, and you don't want to put the cart before the horse, uh, looking forward to the showdown in East Lansing in a couple of weeks, the 30th, as a matter of fact, day before Halloween, could both these teams be undefeated? They could. They absolutely could. And that would make it very fun. Yeah, we'll talk about that, too. Meanwhile, uh, what went down at Soldier Field yesterday? You know, it's been common knowledge, I think, in the National Football League that if you're a team that needs to get well, you got to hope to the good Lord that the Lions are coming up on the schedule. <laughs> uh, Isn't that the truth? Because a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Browns just kind of humiliated Justin Fields and this Bears team. I think they had nine. the Bears, that is, 47 total yards of offense. And nine sacks. They turned it around a little bit via the 24-14 win over the Honolulu Blue and Silver. Uh, Lions, of course, uh, falling to 0-4. And uh, look, uh, you take a look at the injury situation, which we will as our conversation unfolds. I think this is going to get a hell of a lot worse before it gets any better. I agree. But stepping back, when you saw the Bears on the schedule and the way the Bears played last week, you're thinking, okay. This could be it. This could be his first win as head coach. That didn't happen. How about Terry Bradshaw <laughs> in the Fox pregame? The Lions are a little bit better than anybody gives them credit for. Is that your Terry Bradshaw? As close as I can possibly get. <laughs> uh, so the Lions were picked by several outlets to allow Mr. Campbell to get his first win as a head coach. Yeah, I thought it was going to happen. You know, but that's why, you know, the NFL's great because literally anyone can win every week. That part I like. Well, what about three times inside the 10? Yeah. And you come out with nothing. Yeah. What was, what, what did they do those three times? One was the uh, snap by Frank Ragnow. That got picked. <laughs> that was comical. There was a snap that got picked. Yeah. That doesn't. Happened in the league all that often. It went right to Bilal Nichols uh, there on that bare defensive line. So there's that. Second time, turn it over on downs. Mm -hmm. Third time, strip sack. Yeah. 
Good time watching. uh, Nicholas, you were saying uh, there was the first time in league history that a team's gotten inside the 10. I don't know Three if it's times. league history. I'm trying to find the exact stat, but it was an ESPN stat that it was it was quite rare if it wasn't the first time. Well, what else is new with the Lions? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that's the way it works uh, with this organization more times than not. Uh, Jared Goff, by the way, 299 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, a rating of 105. So The numbers sound better than what it looked like, don't you think? Well, yeah, he was missing dudes, Yeah, and therein lies the problem. Because you go on social media, and from time to time I, I dabble on that, uh, and he's just getting beat up. Mm-hmm. How is this franchise going to win with Jared Goff as quarterback? Uh, he missed some wide-open guys. There's no question about it. Uh, but at the same time, you just defend your 105 rating. Right. Um, look, this team, and we've discussed it you know, pretty much after every loss, are they going to compete? Are they going to make it close? Maybe. Yeah. Well, that's the discussion today on Monday, that a lot of people are upset, talking about fourth downs, talking about play calls. They're 0-4. But before the season started, we knew they were going to be bad, and now we're in it and people are still upset that they're bad. Well, and then you take a look at what's happening on the injury horizon. Uh, The aforementioned Frank Ragnow, one of the better centers in the league, uh, he has turf toe. Uh, They will be without uh, Tyler Decker uh, in Minneapolis, the land of 10,000 lakes. And Romeo Quora, your best edge rusher, period, uh, Mm -hmm. is done for the year with an Achilles. Uh, So you were up against it before the the injury situation. And now it becomes even more of an uphill battle. I mean, the secondary's tough right now. They've got injuries back there as well. And you have these quarterbacks who you didn't think could do it, Justin Fields, but then he did it. He's carving up the secondary, and now you don't have a rusher. You don't have the pressure. Well, I refer to the uh, tweet from good friend uh, Dan Miller, a.k.a. The Voice. Lions have now lost their left tackle, Pro Bowl center, two best pass rushers, best wide receiver, a guy who should be their best corner and his backup. This was going to be tough from the beginning. And it's getting a lot tougher with these injuries. Uh, all right, look, we all know injuries are a part of the game, not only in the NFL, but you you name a level of football, and, and it's going to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm going to put my cards on the table. And, you know, I think Dan Campbell, knowing what he does about this team, I have no problem going for a touchdown before a field goal. You need Zero. Two. You need two scores. Right? It's easier to get a field goal second. I get it. I don't mind him going for it on fourth down either. Roll the dice. Yeah. What do you have to lose? Nothing. To be out of last place. (laughs) You're you're projected to win four games tops. Right. I don't mind the aggressiveness. Perhaps the play call is what people can really dissect, if you will. Well, the last one, uh, the dude was open and was rushed. Uh, He should have huddled. And that's what he said in his uh, postgame comments. Slow it down. Mm-hmm. Think I, I have no problem with you going for it, believe me. Uh, but it's the way it all unfolded uh, that was typical of Detroit football. So uh, any positives in your mind coming out of this? I think we're, we're, we're way past that stage right now. No. Steve Garciola last night, that's exactly how he tossed to me uh, on Channel 4. He's like, anything good here to say, Jamie? And I couldn't think of anything in the moment. And darn it if I'm stumped again. 
I, 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 I got to tell you, I, I do like the running game uh, with uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. I think that's going to be um, a real positive moving forward. Yeah, okay, so the running game moving forward. They weren't great yesterday. No, they were not. Um, see, this Lions defense, week in and week out, I think it's going to be given up 400-plus each and every week. Yeah. How many points that will translate to? Lord only knows. But you're going into Minnesota, which you have trouble there to begin with, mm-hmm. to face the one in three Vikings. They're not lighting it on fire either. No. No, they are not. But how happy are the Vikings that the Lions are coming in? <laughs> Every team must be happy to see the Lions coming up on the schedule. I mean, the Browns gained 173 yards on Minnesota. So Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift could possibly run the ball. Yeah, this isn't the uh, Vikings defense that uh, we've been used to these last few seasons. No. Uh, but you, you just got to get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we're in a situation, and we're four games deep right now, where we are witnessing things that happen to the Lions that what? Only happen to the Lions. Yeah, not to anyone else. New, fresh, different things that you've never thought of before, such as a snap that is picked off. How does that happen? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. And, and I have Frank Ragnow in the greatest respect. So, yeah, I think he's good. Being obviously. a former center, you're not supposed to know the center's name, to be honest with you, and you never do until there's a mistake made. But Ragnow is so darn good. But that happens. Right. How? I don't know. I don't, I don't. It hit off Goff's leg, I believe, and popped up in the air. Yeah, one right to uh, Bilal Nichols. Like, you know, for like a defensive a lineman, yeah. it's Christmas in October. Right. Look what kid. I got. Yeah. He didn't even have to catch it. It was like placed in his hands. Well, and uh, Justin Fields, 11-17, um, 209 yards uh, in his second consecutive start with uh, Mr. Dalton sideline because of that bone bruise in his left knee. Um, you know, nothing spectacular by any stretch of the imagination, but good enough, clearly, uh, to get his first win. So there you have it. All right. Uh, we've got other things to discuss. Uh, as we were mentioning, uh, talk coming. Uh, Mel Tucker got the uh, Spartans to 5-0 and with the homecoming win over Western Kentucky. We'll chat about that and more as we continue here. And I do have to vent about something that transpired in that tilt. We'll have that and more here on WJR. Well, once again, thanks for spending part of your Monday night with us here on the WJR Sportsbook. Uh, Steve and Jamie here with you. And, uh, yeah, homecoming 2021 for your Michigan State Spartans uh, went very, very well. First ever meeting with the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers and give Michigan State a 48-31 win. And uh, with that victory, by the way, all of a sudden Mel Tucker and the lads up to 11 now in both polls. So uh, that's pretty darn good. And I will tell you this, watching this on the uh, sideline very intently, uh, Western Kentucky brought in an air raid offense, and it was 
as advertised. Top passing offense? <laughs> Holy Did I read that? mackerel. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Zappi there, fine young quarterback. He airs it out 64 times for 488 yards to go along with three scores. Now, on the surface, you may be saying, well, yeah, they, they, they lit up that Michigan State defense pretty darn good. But you got to take things into perspective here uh, because, to a degree, the Spartan D uh, was a bend but don't break because they also forced, with this dynamic offense, uh, three field goals. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, you take the win and you move on. Yeah, I mean, they scored 31 points, speaking of the Hilltoppers, but I feel like the Spartan defense held them to 31 points. Like, that's supposed to, supposedly the top-passing offense. They did a good job. Uh, well, it was something, as a matter of fact, Scotty Hazleton, the fine defensive coordinator of the Spartans, uh, going into the tilt, uh, compared Zappi to Aaron Rodgers because uh, if you want to get a pass rush, that's fine. Uh, and Michigan State did. Uh, with that in mind, Jacob Ponishuk is an animal. But anyway, he had two sacks. Uh, but he just doesn't have it that long. You right. know, Aaron Rodgers, two and a half steps back, boom, gone. Gets rid of it. Um, and Zappi, for the most part, has that quick release as well. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, Tucker wanted this Michigan State offense to rebound from a lackluster performance in the overtime win against Nebraska. And boy, did they ever. Uh, it, as I mentioned, we are watching something special here. Uh, quarterback Peyton Thorne, what did he do? He was 20 of 30, 327 yards to go along with a I score. I believe his first 300-yard passing game, 300-plus. Yeah, it was uh, a record performance uh, for Mr. Thorne. Uh, running the ball, K-9, Kenneth Walker, 24 Back. carries, 126 yards, three touchdowns on the day. That touchdown run he had in the second quarter. Uh, where he went right and... Dough for the pylon? Yeah, hurdled and then hit the pylon. It was almost like a video game. Yeah. In fact, uh, I asked the... Someone uh, tried to... A defender tried to get him, and he just sort of kicked up those heels, kicked up those feet, and just left that guy in the dust. Dude is something. Yeah. And again, uh, I'll bring in his People's Exhibit A. Uh, when you talk about Michigan State's wide receivers with Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor, uh, is there a better duo in Big Ten ball... Uh, Perhaps the country? No, I love it. And I love putting Jaden Reed back there returning punts. Well, uh, Mel has always been big on using starters on special teams because he puts a lot of emphasis in that aspect of the game. <laughs> so what does Reed do? Oh, second game in a row, he returns a punt for a touchdown. Right, no big deal. 88 yards this time around. Yeah, uh, he's fast. And, and he's such a good dude, man. Very humble. Uh, just an outstanding teammate. He also... Had four receptions for 127 yards to go along with a, another touchdown. Naylor didn't find the end zone, but he had 128 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. So they're you good. Know, oh, this is a balanced offense. And you know what's interesting? Talking to Coach Cap uh, at the end of the ball game, uh, the offensive line coach. You know, Michigan State is kind of unique, and they've got nine dudes that up there, the big uglies. They got two separate groups that keep them fresh. And uh, everything else, it's it's rather interesting, if you ask me. Depth. Being a former center myself. What did you think of their second half? Because they only scored six points, and you had a unique perspective being on the sideline. Watching on TV, Coach Tucker was coaching them at the end of the game. Oh, so, that's what Mel does. Yeah, right? so what, what do you take away from their second half? 
You know, when you build up a lead as as the Spartans did, what was it? Uh, they forty-two put up 40, in the first. Yeah, half. forty-two in the in the first half. Um, you know, from time to time, uh, you you lose a little focus. But Peyton Thorne talked about it uh, after the game with us uh, in the post game, and he said, "Yeah, they'd like to have scored a couple more times. Uh, didn't happen. But I think this team is right where they want to be." Uh, picking up with the Big Ten schedule in Jersey against Rutgers on Saturday afternoon. I think, I think so this too. team is loaded with confidence. And winning different ways. Uh, when adversity faces them, they find different ways to win. I think I think they're looking pretty good going to, to Rutgers. And by the way, our friends at WinBet, if you pay attention to this sort of thing, and by golly, we hope you do, uh, the Spartans have been installed as a five-point favorite over the Scarlet Knights. Uh, that is going to be a noon tilt. Uh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> You're over the night game? You know, I'm driving home from East Lansing, like, for the second straight week. Where the deer? Where the deer? Right. Where the deer? Just eyes darting back and forth. It's like 2 in the morning, for crying out loud. you got to have a little post-game meeting right. up there. Mm-hmm. You have to. Maybe a little libation? Could have happened. <laughs> Just to talk about the broadcast, right? you got to break it yeah. down. It's a work Commits. meeting, Nick. Yeah. Uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, Did you hear this? Because I know you love to use the chopping term that they're chopping At wood. the woodshed. Yeah, at the woodshed. I guess Rutgers uses that same terminology. Did you hear that? Well, you know what? There might be a battle royal. <laughs> you know, bring it. Uh, it was also interesting because uh, effective last week, the student section uh, at the woodshed uh, renamed it. Uh, the deep end. Deep end, yeah. That was nice. Who does their printing? The banner looked great. I don't know. Very nice. <laughs> I'll I'll do the research. Okay. Kinkos. Hi, Jamie wants to know who does your printing. Can we get a lead on There's that? There's got to be a leader of the student section that like has a guy. Uh, but all in all, uh, you know, look, the bottom line is this: before the season kicks off, Michigan State was projected by those in the know to be near the bottom of the East. They won two games last year. Well, it was helter-skelter, though. Of course. It was a weird 2020. Uh, Yeah. Mel gets the job in February. The pandemic begins in March, doesn't have access to his players. Now he's gone through the full cycle. And with 41 new faces on this Spartan team, and they are all buying in. Mm -hmm. And based on, you know, what Jaden Reed tells us and Peyton Thorne as well and Canine, you know, you get 41 new faces, sometimes... You don't mesh. There's growing pains, yeah. And there's no chemistry. And I don't like that guy, and he don't like me. And This is a very close Spartan team. They seem cohesive. They seem to be buying into what Mel Tucker is selling, and it's working out for them. Now, the schedule gets tougher, but you got to love to see it. 5-0, and right now, Spartan fans have to be happy. Well, uh, very happy, as a matter of fact there, Jamie, and, and uh, looking forward to that tilt in Jersey. Uh, come Saturday. Now, uh, yeah, oh, thank you very much, Nikki. You know, Cal Halliday, you know, fine linebacker, he had himself a ball game. Uh, I believe it was a second quarter. Not only does he force a fumble, he recovers said fumble. Then we go to the fourth quarter, and uh, the game is, you know, a little bit sticky at this point in time. Uh, you know, the Spartans uh, have to make plays and, and whatnot, and Cal Halliday, and you know exactly where I'm going with this, I thought made a play on what appeared to be 
a very innocent, incomplete pass. Next thing you know, a uh, flag comes out. Not only is it a flag, it is a flag for targeting. Which has repercussions. On Cal Halliday. Uh, Jared Stearns was the intended receiver. It was incomplete. I saw the replay ten times. At no point does Halliday come anywhere near His head. the head, the neck, anywhere near that area. As a matter of fact, it was a forearm that went over the intended receiver, Stearns. And you've seen the replay as many times as I have. I'm sure you have. So when this thing is going to review, I'm actually standing next to Martin Cleves, and we're talking, you know, there's no way. There's there's just no way because they they, they played it a couple times on uh, on the jumbotron there. There's a, there's just no way. Right. What I don't like is when the momentum is is going forward. The defender has nowhere to go when these plays happen so quickly. He didn't mean it. Isn't isn't the spirit of targeting if he goes for the That's head one of with the, boxes. the intention? You've got to have intent, um, and it has to be malicious. Now, how come you're not asking these players in these situations to fill out a questionnaire? <laughs> Question one, was your intent malicious? You have no idea. Right. These defenders have a half a millisecond to decide right. what That's they're going point. to do. Same with the NFL when they're going after the quarterback, and the quarterback, you know, talks or slides at the very last second, and their momentum is shifting forward already. Well, I would have bet, Jamie, everything. I'm all in that they're going to overturn this. Right. You and my team. And then they confirm it. Yeah. Then they confirm it. So, Cal Halliday, who's enjoying a ball game here, is disqualified for the rest of the game and the first half against Rutgers for something that was not targeting. So, last week, we got into a conversation about the NFL and their shenanigans with, um, what was it, uh, you know, Showmanship and oh, right, taunting, right, right. So, taunting yeah, yeah, yeah. And blah, I was going to say blah, celebration, blah. yeah. So now, you know, college, the NCAA, various conferences involved, have got to take a look at targeting. Now, you can break it down rather simply. And we alluded to this. And look, I understand helmet-to-helmet contact is a bad deal. I right, get it. Right, I understand that. But when you're in a situation where a dude has a half a second to make a play, and it happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, fifteen yard penalty. I get that. Should the kid be disqualified? Yes. Should the kid be disqualified? No. No. Graham- You're basically penalizing a dude because he's playing the game. Right. Uh, Graham Couch here on Lansing State Journal. I like what he said here. There are no degrees to the penalty. Like it's so harsh, but there are no degrees. So like he did. Holiday did not mean to do this. No. But it's the same penalty as if he did. And he is ejected and sitting out a half for doing nothing. He did nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem I have. And again, I say that. I get trying to protect defenseless receivers. But there are times when a running back in that situation, when a defender is coming, will lower his head. Right. So now we've got... Helmet to helmet that was initiated by the offensive player. Now what kind of a call you make? It's the defender that's going to be disqualified. Right. And that's not fair. No. 
none of this is fair. But oh, for crying out loud. I, you know what Mel Tucker would say? We have to overcome. Well, you know, Mel did say in the uh, post game that, you know, they could send it to the Big Ten, have them take a look at it. Uh, I just don't think the Big Ten has the spine to uh, overturn a call that was reviewed and surprisingly enough to everybody upheld. So it was uh, it was bogus. Uh, oh, well, uh, Michigan, uh, they got things going a little bit, didn't they? Uh, they're yeah. in Madison, very tough place to play with the whole jump around thing. And Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines come out victorious. Uh, they move up in both polls as well. We'll talk about that in just a bit as we continue with the sportsbook here on WJR. So, so I know uh, various members of Wolverines Nation a little bit nervous as the Wolverines visited Madison, Wisconsin, a very nice community. You ever been? Never been. Heard it's awesome. Oh, it's just beautiful. And the people there are so nice. They'll offer you a beer and a brat. They're like youpers or Canadians. Just yeah. nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, nothing to worry about because Mr. Harbaugh and the Wolverines get themselves a 38-17 win over the all-of-a-sudden struggling Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, the Wolverines, they're also 5-0. and Wisconsin, meanwhile, falls to 1-3. and uh, I was able to watch a little bit of the uh, proceedings before heading up to EL. I'm impressed with this Roman Wilson. Six receptions, 81 yards. He finds that ball, doesn't he? Well, I'm impressed with the passing game because it got so much negative, you know, thoughts and, and concerns over the past couple games. For them to go out there and do what they did, uh, McNamara, two touchdowns, no interceptions, Cornelius Johnson with that huge touchdown reception off the flea flicker. They're like, look, we can throw the ball, too. Well, and I think that's what uh, the big mystery was because they were running the ball, a ball so damn well. Mm-hmm. You know, we really knew, hey, if we need to, can we throw? If we're down ever, can we throw? And obviously not down in this game, but they yeah. can throw it. McNamara, 17-28, 197 yards. Uh, as you mentioned, James, two touchdowns. A rating of 88.6. Uh Shocking. Only 112 yards rushing as a team. Right. So now you're concerned about the the rushing game? Now what? Uh, But I'll tell you what. The Michigan defense is for real. Uh, They they are a swarming bunch for sure. Yes. Uh, Now, uh, as you take a look, and they move up to eight in the AP. They are now nine in the coaches poll. And they have, I think... Probably one of the hardest weeks coming up for them on their schedule. You've got the Nebraska Cornhuskers in Lincoln. Uh, Nebraska, having seen them firsthand in East Lansing, they are a hard-hitting group with Adrian Martinez at quarterback, who's very gifted. Do you see what they did to Northwestern? Northwestern, eh. Still, 56 points is a lot. Yeah, it is. Northwestern's having one of those down years. True. They're, uh, you know, they're working more on their slide rules than they are uh, <laughs> their football right now. Eh. I went to Northwestern, so. Did I'm, you really? Yes. See, Grad I school. didn't know that. Grad school, yeah. Go Wildcats. Back in the day when I was at the other place, we went to Northwestern a couple times. 
And what was fascinating about that, they were the only school in the Big Ten that sold the other team's merchandise. Oh. Fascinating. That's just smart. It, it is. They're thinking. They they got their thinking bonnets on there <laughs> in Evanston, that's for sure. Uh, but, yeah, they completely uh, dismantled Northwestern. And you know Scott Frost. Maybe the seat isn't as hot as it was. lately as it yeah. was. Uh, but he would like nothing more than to have his team prepared uh, when you've got uh, Michigan coming to town. So Maybe, just maybe, Michigan has some great chemistry going this year with those new younger coaches they brought in with, uh, you know, they're trying to be more balanced with the running and passing game. I, maybe they do have something special going on. Well, and that accounts for uh, everything. There's so many people uh, that have said, look, Harbaugh just is conducting himself a little bit different. But then I also heard going into this year, his seventh, that maybe he is feeling a little bit of pressure because he has not won a division. He has not obviously won an outright Big Ten championship, and that's the reason he was brought here. He has to have felt the heat. I mean, come on. He had to hire all these brand-new coaches and switch things up. But if you've got your team, and it appears he does, everybody on the same page, Yeah. uh, going into Madison— and look, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't think this Wisconsin team is the same Wisconsin team that we've seen. Uh, as a matter of fact, in the postgame comment, uh, Coach Chris, who I got all the respect for, um, is starting to feel a little bit of heat because people in Wisconsin, they're not used to this. Right. They're not used to being one and three. Right. I don't know. I just feel like. Michigan has gone through a lot with a lot of negative thoughts, and it's good for them that they are undefeated right now, that they have some juices flowing. You know, I'm happy for them. Well, and again, as we said at the onset of this here edition of the WJR Sportsbook, uh, there are a lot of folks banking, banking on the fact that uh, Michigan State, Michigan, undefeated, any slancing the day before Halloween. I, I really want that to happen, selfishly. That would be unbelievable. Would that be another night game, though, Steve? Of course. Well, thank you for mentioning that, Nicholas. Uh, I was talking to uh, some influential folks up there uh, during the homecoming celebration, getting a feel as to what the game time would be. And all I can say is this. There is a 90% consensus that it would be noon. Okay. Hmm? That made me laugh. 90% consensus. 90% noon. Now, you know, there was a thought years ago with a great Mark Hollis when he was AD there. He was under the impression that Michigan State-Michigan would never, for obvious reasons, be a late game. Because it's too hyped? A slop show. Yeah. It would just be a... Was the first one that Devin Gardner game in East Lansing? Uh, Where I think Michigan had like negative sixty yards total. Was that the yes. first night game between uh, the two? Yes. And then was that it was, there was there was one after that, wasn't there? In Ann Arbor. Um, was it trouble? Know, I, I not remember. the trouble with the snap game. That that was probably a, that <gasps> ended at night. You're yeah. right. Or was oh, that it at ended night? at night? Yeah, that ended at night. Well, then I don't know. That game was. There's crazy. trouble with the snap. <laughs> oh my god! I was on the field for that game. Oh, oh, were you really? Yes. That must have been just insanity. And for all the people out there who like to email me, I didn't go to either school. I wish the best for both schools. But that was absolutely nuts. Jalen 
what's his name? Jalen Reeves Jackson. Watts. Watts, Watts. Jack. Yes, I know it was a three-parter. You know, he just catapulted himself into Spartan lore forever yeah. and ever. Oh, my God. I don't think so... he'll ever have to buy a drink in East Lansing ever again. No. Wow. It okay. was just Anyway, insane. sorry. I just... uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see. If it, if it ends up that way, uh, that's great. But, you know, I know for a fact uh, you've got Mel Tucker and the Spartans concentrating on Rutgers. Again, uh, Michigan State, for, through our friends at WinBet, they are favored by five. Uh, the Wolverines, they are going into Nebraska a three-point favorite, and that will kick off at 730. That's the night game. That's the night Not game. Right. Take that. All right, Steve and Jamie here. We'll take a look at uh, Monday Night Football, some other NFL notes, some very interesting stuff going down. Leave it here on the WJR Sportsbook. All right, well, welcome back in, folks. Uh, not a bad Monday night football tilt tonight. You've got the Vegas at 3-0 in L.A., the City of Angels, to face the 2-1 and Chargers. Uh, we'll break that down coming up in just a bit. Meanwhile, uh, some NFL notes to share. Last Thursday night, Evan McPherson uh, of the Bengals booted that 35-yard field goal as time expires. The Bengals beat the Jaguars 24-21. The Jaguars, under first-year head coach Urban Meyer, fall to 0-4. I know where you're going with this. It's just unbelievable. We're talking about the video of Urban Meyer, right? Yes! Urban Meyer said today that he apologized to his team, his family, and owner Shad Khan after a viral video surfaced over the weekend that showed a young lady dancing close to his lap at his restaurant in Columbus. Uh, Mr. Meyer would go on to say, and I'm quoting here, stupid to, stupid to put himself in such a compromising position last Friday. Ugh, ew, is what I have to say about that video. Uh, you know, here you are, your first NFL job. Apparently, after the loss, the Jags go back to Jacksonville, not the head coach. He apparently stays in the great state of Ohio, and then would go to his restaurant there in Columbus where where this goes down. Uh, all this on top of him admitting that vaccine status certainly played a part in roster situations uh, near the NFL cut deadline. Uh, there's been this, there's been that. Here's my take on the whole thing. Not that it matters. He is not long for the National Football League Oh, in any way, shape, or form. Look, he's allowed to go to his restaurant that he owns after losing a game. That's fine. And you got to know that everyone has cell phone videos these days. You got to know. And everyone knows who you are, especially in Columbus. It was just a stupid thing to do. Really stupid. Urban Meyer, who has been in the public eye for a hell of a long time, has to know better. Right. Like you allude to, James. 
everybody has a cell phone with a camera, video, this, that, and the other thing. Now, if he's stupid enough to think that, well, you know what? This young lady apparently wants to give me a lap dance. No one will be the wiser. Right. My wife what? will never find out. Oh. I so, just, ugh. And the one thing I've, really is not fun to watch. The one thing I heard about Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, he is kind of a no-nonsense guy. Made a gazillion, bazillion, gazillion dollars, uh, I believe, in automotive uh, supply. Doesn't matter. You know, he wants to have a winning football team again. And why he decided to bring Urban Meyer on, which I said at the time was suspect at best. The guy wants a winning football team over anything else. So if they are 4-0 and and this came out, I bet it's less of a big deal to him, which is unfortunate. Well, you know, but here's the thing. They're 0-4. Right. And, you know, the Tim Tebow thing blew up in his face. You know, from what I understand, uh, if you do any reading whatsoever, the Jaguars, eh, you know what, Urban Meyer, eh, well, I, I don't know, you know. Doesn't really have a lot of respect in that locker room, from what I gather. Oh. So there you have it. Uh, elsewhere, uh, how about the Giants? Overtime winners over the Saints, 27-21. Giants are 1-3. and three. Kenny Galladay, uh, the reason I bring this up, six receptions, 116 yards. So he must have not be as upset as he was that one video we saw. Was that week one or two? No, apparently he is... Uh, He's okay now. Okay, good. All of a sudden. How about Dearborn's own Robert Sala? Good for him, first one. Yes, good for him is right. I think he has his work cut out at least this year with the Jets. You know, we'll see uh, what transpires, but uh, good for him. Uh, in Philly, the Chiefs beat the Eagles 42-30. The Chiefs now a 2-2 two two team. You shocked? Yes. They still are putting up points. They still can move the ball. The defense is what's shocking. Well, same as it ever was. You know, the, the Chiefs' defense has allegedly been the Achilles heel, so we'll see if they can turn that around. Uh, meanwhile, in L.A., uh, the Rams playing host Battle of the Undefeateds. I didn't see this coming. Uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, 37. Matthew Stafford and the Rams, 20. How about that? Kyler Murray, two touchdown passes. I mean, the Internet, of course, going crazy. This is the Stafford we know. Give me a break. <laughs> Come on. Uh, the dude, 26 of 41, 280 yards, two touchdowns, and yeah, he threw the pick. Uh, but, you know, you, you have games every once in a while. Yeah, people were saying, has he, how has he done in big games? As if he didn't beat the Super Bowl champions last weekend. You know, this is going to be the uh, bone of contention throughout this year. And believe it or not, there are people, maybe even listening to this show, that are hoping Matthew Stafford falls on his face. And quite frankly, to be honest with you, I find that appalling. I don't think you should be that person in your regular life when you're watching pro sports wishing people to fail. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the big reunion uh, last night. What were your thoughts, Jamie? Uh, Buccaneers, by the way, hang on to beat the Patriots 1917 uh, in Foxborough. Mac Jones, statistically speaking, outplayed Tom Brady. I have a couple thoughts. One, when Tom Brady passed the record of Drew Brees, why not stop the game and give him a moment? Mm. That's thought one. I agree. Thought two? Thought two is, again, I get my NBC Sports emails. Tom Brady's return to New England is most watched NBC Sunday night football game since 2012. Second most watched of all time. 
So why did people watch? Because Tom Brady was returning against Bill Belichick. And then Bruce Arians comes out all upset that that was the storyline. Well, you know what? There was really not a whole lot to it, to be honest with you. I understand that Tom Brady and Belichick had a meeting. And after the game was over, Brady had a couple of nice things to say to Mac Jones and uh, Belichick as well. And uh, apparently there were some hugs involved. And, you know, I, I, I thought it was now great. it's over, way. yeah. I mean... Right. I mean, come, give me a break. The uh, Patriots, by the way, uh, missed a 56-yard field goal in the final minute. Otherwise, uh, they, they would have won. Yeah, Tom Brady would have left there very disappointed. Uh, all right, now, here's a deal. Uh, Monday Night Football tonight. You've got the Raiders at 3-0 and in the City of Angels to face the 2-1 Chargers. It's going to be interesting to see how many uh, members of the old L.A. Raiders nation shows up. Yeah, I mean, they all must live there still. Uh, speaking of the Raiders, uh, Gruden's got to be very excited. First 3-0 and start since 2002 when they went to the Super Bowl. How about Derek Carr? Derek Carr's been great. Well, here's a dude that's been on the hot seat, mm-hmm. you know, forever. And Chucky, you know, nobody knew where, where Chucky was on this whole Derek Carr thing. Well, maybe that's changed a little bit. He's thrown for at least 325 yards in five straight games dating back to last year. I believe he's leading the league in yards. If he's not, he's probably right up yeah. there. Uh, the Raiders also, uh, this is interesting, they are the only the fourth team to win uh, two twice in overtime in the first three weeks. What so you, there's a lot of heart with this team. Here. Yeah. Yeah. You better, what? what is it? You want to be lucky? Over good? Uh, don't overlook Justin Herbert, though. Uh, fine young quarterback for the Chargers. He has directed two game-winning drives in the final 15 minutes. And this is only game four. So, you know, the thing about Gruden, you know, he signed that 10-year deal uh, at 10 mil a year. So if they were to collapse, is he going anywhere? No. Also, I'm never taking the under on a Monday night football game again like I did last week. Well, you know what? Thank you very much for bringing in the beer, you <laughs> um, I'll give you a chance to win it back. Who are you going with tonight? I'm going over, obviously, on the points. I'm going Raiders. You know what? I'll go Chargers. Okay. I'll lay you. No, you're laying me three points. All right. In agreement? Uh-huh. All right. You're not a beer gal, so. I told you, Sauvignon Blanc. Okay, Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. Uh, Nick, thank you. Uh, Mr. Rieger, thank you. Nick, you want in? I'm good. All I'll right. just partake in yours. All right. We'll keep you updated. Thanks for listening to the sports book here on 760 WJR.